1877, the earth moved with the power of a footballing giant. And the world was introduced to the beautiful game. People might yet win it here for Wolves. Blasting the shot. What a goal! Bully's the hero again. And a podcast is following the giant in its bid for glory at the top of what it created all those years ago. This is the 77 Club. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. In 1877, the earth moved with the power of a footballing giant. And the world was introduced to the beautiful game. People might yet win it here for Wolves. Blasting the shot. What a goal! Bully's the hero again. And a podcast is following the giant in its bid for glory at the top of what it created all those years ago. This is the 77 Club. We're Wolves, eh, we? Hello and welcome to episode 102 of the 77 Club. Harry, start with the socials. The Wolves 77 Club on Facebook and Instagram. Twitter at 77 Club Podcast just reached 2,000 followers, so thank you for that. And uh, obviously, iTunes and Spotify, please rate and subscribe. They're not all Russian bots. Also, Daniel Bayliss is here. Yeah, hello, Wolves fans. And so is Jack Williams. Hello, everybody. I think it's only right that we start with the death of Kobe Bryant and, you know, sporting hero, someone that's uh, well regarded throughout the sporting world. And uh, I saw a petition today, actually, which is um, they want to change the NBA logo to Bryant because it's actually Jerry West at the moment and he's been on it since 1971 he also played for the Lakers so uh, it'd be good to um, note his legacy through that so obviously thoughts with everyone connected with Kobe Bryant and his sporting world otherwise we'll turn our attentions to the Premier League and it was a disappointing loss wasn't it Harry against Liverpool 2-1 I think we all thought we were going to get something from that game yeah, it was a um, bit of a sucker punch. I think we said straight after it felt a bit like Tottenham, but not as brutal because obviously they scored later. And very, very good atmosphere, a very, very good game. And 
you just uh, you're proud, but you're thinking, God, we should at least got a draw out of that. And but Liverpool do what good teams do, as we keep saying, and they get the win even when they don't play the best. Uh, Bayliss, he made Andy Robertson look Scottish, Mr. Traore. <laughs> so true. <laughs> so, so true. He only needed a deep fried Mars bar in his hand and that would have been it. <laughs> um, he looked, yeah, had a blinder, didn't he? I, I thought we shaped up brilliantly. It's just a shame that I think it's pretty evident now that there is one link in our team that is the weak link and it's, it's causing us to drop points. Jack, you're shaking your head all the way through that. Do you need to go away and support Villa like lots of people have been saying on social media about our transfer policy so far this week? Um, I wasn't shaking my head really at that. What, were we talking about transfers now or Liverpool? No, no, Liverpool game. Liverpool. Um, on, the, on the Liverpool point, yeah, I thought we played really well. Um, when you look at it on the, the bigger picture and the two games we played recently over Liverpool, the fact that we've come away with nothing from both of those games... Oh, is really quite heartbreaking, I think, and that's that's quite unlucky. I thought last last season, it probably shows how much we've actually probably improved. Last season, I thought we were lucky not to at least score in one of the two games against Liverpool, uh, in the league, that is. And this time, I thought we were lucky to not at least get a point based on those two performances. Just, yeah, really, really good. It was just a... Well, I don't know why we always have to give teams a head start, particularly from a Jordan Henderson header from a set piece. It's just a really sloppy goal to go behind to. And ultimately, I know we actually obviously kicked on really well from there and created so much. It's just disappointing to come away with nothing from it, but the guys gave it their best. And this is what the top teams do to you. They they take their chances. And even when they're on the back foot, they grind out a result somehow, whether it be a, a, a 2-1 win away from home like it, like it was for them uh, last Thursday night. But Jack, you say that and you say, oh, how do we go behind to a Jordan Henderson set piece header? There it is. There, there nails my point. We have got a weak link in the team. Who's that? Connor Cody. No, I love the bloke. I think he's been brilliant for the club. He's clearly a fucking fantastic bloke. And you can't knock him. Everything he's done, he's been brilliant. But unfortunately, we've seen this season, you know, he's coming home to roost. He's not good enough. Harry, do you echo that? I think you, most of your frustration after the game was probably towards him. I do, but I don't want to go too much on him because... Apart from the two mistakes, which cost us the two goals through him, he had a good game. So I don't, I'm not even trying to be like sarcastic. I did, honestly. I, th- I thought Doherty had a worse game than him, but everyone else was pretty decent. But yeah, I mean, I had my little rant the other week. I don't want to keep going on about it. He's got a mistake in him. He made two. He, he lost his man with Henderson um, on the first goal. And then for the second goal, he like runs out when they take the throw and he goes to like, I don't know what he goes to do, to be honest, but it bounces through his legs. His legs. He tries to come back and kind of falls over and uh, Bobby Firmino puts it away. But apart from that, he did have a decent game. He, he does lead from the back well. We played really well, but at the same time, in, I have just said that, but at the same time, although Jimenez and Traore played really, really well and were absolutely unplayable at times, you've got to question the forwards as well, in, especially Jota when he came on. They've got to put some of these chances away because if we could actually finish, Jesus Christ, we could absolutely kill teams. And we, we said this a lot last year, didn't we? It's just a shame that we don't take a lot of the good chances we create. I do agree with what you're saying, Harry. And it does, it absolutely kills me to give him stick because I love him. I absolutely love him. But we've had this th- before at Wolves. We've had it with Stearman. We've had it with Bath. And now it's Cody. Yes, they are clubmen. They are exactly what you want in your club as people holding it together. But unfortunately, he is no longer good for the benefit of the team. Do Liverpool look like champions? I only say it because I think in the two games that we oh, have played up. against them, I personally don't think they have looked like champions. But in a way, 
they have because they're grinding out those results? Well, I think the big thing is to take away from it. Klopp said it's like the hardest game Liverpool have had all season. So I think you've got to give us credit as well. But yeah, I mean, they haven't really blown teams away, have they? I think they beat Leicester, didn't they? Was it four the other week away there? But apart from that, they've just been grinding out results lately, haven't they? And they're just plodding along and fair play to them. I mean, when they're so far clear... It's pretty. It must be pretty hard to get motivated to just absolutely try and batter teams when you know you're so far ahead. So the way they're going about their business and the two games we've played against them, I mean, the one at Anfield, that, that felt like even more of a, a sucker punch, to be honest, than the Molyneux one. So yeah, I think they do deserve it and the table don't lie and they're miles clear, aren't they? Yeah, I think you'd have to agree uh, to be that far ahead and it's consistency is the key in this league. And it's something that we're a victim of quite a lot. Obviously, people always say that we raise our game to the bigger teams. And that's arguably what we've probably done against Liverpool in both those games. So it's not the fact that you're saying, do Liverpool look like title winners? I think, yes, they do. And just because they haven't blown us away doesn't mean that they're not title worthy. It means that we're just bloody good. And we are always good against top teams, but they will go on to win it. They're the best team in the league this season by, by some distance and most consistent team, which is a deadly combination. And Klopp singled out Adama Traore for praise, and rightly so, obviously. And uh, Harry, you mentioned it there. It's the link-up play between Raul Jimenez and Adama Traore is actually second to none when it comes to the league as well, because for each other, uh, they've set up the most goals uh, and assists through each one Mm. uh, in the league this season, which is fantastic and great that we've got them to do that. And we're just seeing that consistency now. And like Jack just said, it's really key, isn't it, from Adama Traore that week in, week out, he is performing and and Jimenez is doing his thing as well, Which because he had a bit of a shaky start to 2020. Yeah, um, Traore, like I've said it a few weeks now, he's my player of the season already. And yeah, Raul did... um before the I'd say the Southampton game wasn't it before that he was on a bit of a dry spell but you can't knock what he's done for us and those two together I mean was it last year Jimenez was always combining really well with Jota this year he's always combining really well with Traore so it's great to see before we move on though just quickly going back on the Cody thing because I got quite a lot of stick on Twitter when I criticised Cody so what do you like I know what Bayless thinks Sam and Jack what do you think of Cody because a lot of people love him and they won't criticise him they think he's really good can someone like give him praise and not and not say he's because I don't want to be too negative on him because he gets a lot of support well, online well I, I mean he's coming up too much every week now isn't it we spoke about him last week I know I was calling for his head early in the season after the performances when we had that patch against Everton and Chelsea so it's it's becoming too much of a habit to not be not be something that we need to address, even if it's just with some sort of competition or making him prove he's not droppable. Because we said last week that Nuno's ruthless with everybody in this squad and there's no room for sentiment. It appears there's no room for sentiment with anybody apart from Cody. So, I don't know. Well... I'll I'll play devil's advocate as I love to do. Um, all you got to do is look back actually since uh, Nuno came in and also maybe just looking at the Premier League and the only player to have played every single minute of our Premier League campaign last year and so far this year is Connor Cody. He's the consistent one through that team selection process over the last 18 months. So in that case, you have to say, have Wolves on balance done well since they've been promoted? The answer is certainly yes. Into the knockout stages of the Europa League, um, the semi-final obviously last year was a highlight in the FA Cup, seventh place finish at the end. And, and the guy that was there for every single minute of that was Connor Cody. So I think you have to say he's an integral part of the side because of the amount of minutes that he's played. But also... Great point. 
I don't think you drop any. Well, I think you. I think. I think. Yeah. The, the one thing, if you let me finish. The, yeah. Sorry. The, seeing Bolly warming up on the touchline, I think, can fill us all with positivity because he improves. And I said it on Twitter the other day. Mm. He improves any defense in the Premier League. And I don't care what you say. I think he'd be picked over Gomez for Liverpool. I know Liverpool fans probably won't agree with that, but I, I think he's better. Yeah, hundred percent. I think Gomez needs game time more so for Liverpool, and, and I think he's better than Matip too for for that as well I think as soon as you put Willy Bolly back in alongside Connor Cody that improves the defence anyway it also gives Connor Cody a little bit of confidence as well because we're not seeing him spray those 60 yard balls that we know he can do and I think when, once he gets his confidence back a little bit uh, he'll start doing that again but what you got to remember is actually over this period of not having Bolly mm-hmm. we haven't had any recognised defenders that have grown up being defenders and to have that's a good point this Sam. sort of position in the league and this sort of run of uh, you know draws and a couple of wins in there as well it's really quite remarkable that we've managed to do that you know because you've got makeshift centre-backs in Sace and Dendonka and getting Bolly back I think improves it now would I play him in the middle I think he's capable of playing there but I don't think he needs to I agree with what you're saying there but unfortunately the goals we've conceded the majority of them or the noticeable ones that are errors are always coming from the same place you are completely right that Bolly steps up that defence tenfold but if you had to drop one of the three at the moment it wouldn't be the other two for me mm-hmm. but as we know Nuno will not drop Cody I mean so it'll probably end up being Sace, wouldn't it? Well, he can't, can he? I'm sure no. with Bolly back in the team, to- Cody will play better and I want him to play better. Yeah. But unfortunately, I can't just see it going on as it is. Bolly, as long as Bolly stays fit, we're probably fine. But I don't know. It's like the winning's habitual. is making mistakes habitual. It- it wasn't just the Cody thing as well on Twitter after. Sorry, it's just coming back to me now. Thursday night's you know, coming back to me. A lot of fans, lot of fans are split on Twitter as well. It's it was one of them after the game. It was like, oh, I'm so proud of Wolves. Like unbelievable performance. We took the you know the world champions, the new Premier League champions, to the wire in two games. But then there's another half which I lean towards a bit more now, who are like, no, we've got to we've got to at least be getting a draw out of that. Like we can't just keep sugarcoating the poor finishing the defensive mistakes are we because I'm really guilty of this especially last year and maybe the beginning of this year when you're so grateful to be where we are and how fast we've rose do we sugarcoat things because we're so grateful to be you know out of the depth of league one and the troubles we've had so we kind of just sugarcoat things now right now and just think oh no no just be grateful where we are you know is it time to move on and just like, you know, you know what I mean? That's That was exactly was Sam's point in a nutshell, really, because I don't like the thing saying when you're looking, oh, well, look how well we've done in the last two years. So therefore, Cody shouldn't yeah. be dropped because he's been there all the time. It's if you think if you take a few mistakes and goals, we've let Ian out, out of the way, exactly. we'd be in the top four, not the top six now. And that's the level we need to get to. And that's how sport, the people in this squad, we've got a squad of people who've won you know, really big high profile competitions are going to have that elitist winners mentality and they need to bring that and we need to bring that into the club as well and it should be from the club top to bottom and always trying to progress not just settling for mediocre because it's better than what we had three years ago. My feelings around the improvement of Traore I think has come off the back of a pre-season where Nuno's clearly worked on his game and, and probably not much of anybody else's. Do you think there's a little bit of hope in terms of what's coming up in the pre-season of 2020 that if he takes Connor Cody aside and gives him the same one-on-one treatment that he's given to Traore is that then we'll next season be starting to see the fruits of the labour start to come to the front. I don't know because he's had him for a few years now and I think it was a great point you made earlier Sam about the basically 
three makeshift midfielders at the back because Cody has always had the odd mistake in him, but when Bolly was with him pre-October, it weren't as noticeable. You think back to the first game, Bolly wasn't there, and I think it was the Chelsea game, uh, or, or he might have been just after the Man City. When we lost 5-2, remember that 5-2 loss? When we have... When we have Vallejo and Sace yeah. either side of him, and he just looked naked. He looked like he had no one around him to help him, if you get what I mean. And when Bolly's there, I think he's like that solid rock Cody needs to his left that covers for a few of his little mistakes. Because let's be honest, he's a midfielder. I know he's played the sweeper role for the last two years. He's still learning, really. But he has done well. But he just seems to be the last few months, well, especially since Bolly's been injured, he's been making some really mad mistakes and like really poor errors that. If you were playing Sunday League and you were watching him, you'd be like, bloody hell, mate. And I mean, that's really harsh to say, but that's just my opinion. In all fairness to him, in a couple of these, he hasn't really played a sweeper role. We've been very, very high. Man United away in the cup, he wasn't playing a sweeper role. He was 10 yards further up the field, playing pretty flat. But then the ball bounces over him, lets matter in. That's where the mistakes are coming from. Maybe, maybe, maybe when he does revert back to his natural game and Bolly's there to clean up when he needs to and put in the big tackles... Probably will be different, but if you said slot Bolly back in now, it's who do you take out? Um, and yeah, I, I think Dendonka's been brilliant. Yeah, yeah, another one as well. I bet people are really thinking, how can you not mention Doherty as well? Like he's he's got, he's dipped a bit. He looks fatigued. So I don't want to make this all negative, which it feels like it is. But obviously, we've been we're amazing going forward. Traore, Jimenez, incredible. But there's just a few players. I think we either need like backups for to challenge them, or they need replacing. That's just my opinion. I mean. Doherty's probably another one that you could put in that in there. That's just you know. Don't you think he was awful against yeah. Liverpool? Well, he, he's he's been a bit weak. But yeah, you say all this. If we go to Man United now and beat them, which obviously we're going to come on to in a minute. If we go to Man United and beat them and have a strong performance, it's sort of a little bit all forgotten. It's just the fact that we're turning zero points into zero points at the moment, rather than doing that thing we did last year where we go and nick goals and just sort of swing the game back in our favour, like when we beat Chelsea at home. That's although it's happening, it's not leading to as many results as what it has in the past. It's just papering over the cracks a little bit, though, isn't it? Thinking, yeah. oh, if we go on a win, it doesn't matter. There shouldn't be any position in the club or any position that in the starting eleven that's undroppable, so to speak. He drops Jimenez the other week against Man United. Yeah, straight away oh, after a poor true, performance, yeah. and I kind of think, although it's really good that Jota and Bolly have come back, but they've come back this late in January. Is that a help that we're now relying on players who've just returned from injury to come in and steady the ship when we really, what, what we need is we've learned in the last few months now, we've got away with it so far in terms of our squad depth. And if we want to go far in Europa League, we need to bring in reinforcements. And so us speaking now on the evening of the 28th of January, so far we've brought in one kid for the under 23s. I'm sure this will form part of the discussion later, but we just need more depth and being able to rotate more and have quality competing in every position over the pitch. That's nothing personal against Cody. Everyone mm. should have that if you want to be a top team because the top teams do have that. Good point. Yeah, and I just want to see improvements. Like Cody, I'm just, I'm, I know I've just like said Cody and Doherty, but the only reason I'm pointing them out is because I don't feel like they've improved. I feel like they're starting to dip from what they've, even from last year. If you think how good Doherty was last year, he, st- he started off all right at the beginning of this year as well, but the last few months he just hadn't looked himself. And obviously I mentioned what I mentioned about Cody. I don't want to go too harsh on him, but you want to see improvement, don't you? You don't want to see decline. You're right. I remember watching Doherty at Palace away last year and just thinking, Jesus, how was this kid ever worth 75 grand? Brilliant. Absolutely mm. class. And I haven't... There has been good performances, don't get me wrong. I'm just picking out one that's jumped into the front of my mind. There have been good performances since then, but they're getting far and few between. Doherty did not start well this season. 
No, that's what I'm really saying. Poor to start this season. No, Palace away last year. Oh, right. Okay. Last but last yeah. season. He was he wasn't fit, was he, for the first X, and he was still no. playing, and he he was, and then he sort of came back into it, and now arguably has dipped a little bit. Yeah. And uh, return to action for Morgan Gibbs White as well. So um, yeah, another one that's returning back from injury and is an option off the bench. We've talked about it on previous podcasts that maybe he's missed the chance to sort of actually make an impact, but obviously with the way send him away to somewhere like Leeds and send him to a top half top six championship team I think it's what he team. needs and he does need game time certainly in a, in a rough league but we need players so we well, yeah. don't know where to <laughs> I, know, yeah, that's the problem. I saw the post the other day that it was his 20th birthday the other day he's only 20 because yeah. oh, no. he's been around for a few years you sort of forget how young these players are same age as Giles isn't he Giles was 20 yeah. the day before Harry's on the birthdays on social media <laughs> <laughs> Although we've had a little bit of a dig about youth and bringing kids into some 23s, Jesus, if half these lot make it, we're going to have one hell of a team in four think, or five years' time. I think time. they just drafted into the under-23s as, as a way to alleviate any pressure on them. And then once they're ready to go and they haven't had to do it through pressure, they go into the side. Neto was exactly the case in point for that, you know. Well, he was not in the under-23s very long. No, exactly. That's, he, my point. But, That's my point. But, he, brought, he was brought in and said that him and Jordan will yeah. go into the under-23s. And they went, actually, he's good enough now. And there was no pressure and no one's going, why isn't Well, not really, because uh, Bayliss Bailey, wrote him off after watching 12 minutes of football. Just on that, Sam, right? Look at that, that. that tweet I shared into the WhatsApp group earlier of Nuno. Was it a week or a few weeks ago when he was saying, we, he, he, someone played the clip of his last three press conferences and he was like, we need players. We will be getting players in. We need players. The 28th of January now, and like Jack just mentioned, we've brought in a 19-year-old Ecuadorian and we're linked with some other youngster. Podence and Oliveiro look like they're going to happen, but they haven't. And I'm just shocked that we're in the 28th of January and we ain't got at least three senior players in. And Nuno, he's obviously been calling for it. Wow. So it's just uh, mad. We will wait and see. Uh, we will turn our attentions, though, to Manchester United away. The away perspective. What have our opponents got to say? Joined now by Harry Robinson from the United Weekly Podcast. They are at United Weekly Pod on Twitter. Harry, how's it going to begin with? Yeah, all good. Um, not necessarily enjoying this latest spell of Man United form, but a, an FA Cup win was nice. No, that's true, but there's no flares in your back garden, so you're having a better day than yeah, Ed Woodward. exactly. Yeah, I haven't had to call the police in today. No, that's true. Well, let's concentrate on the football side of things. And just very quickly, how do you think your transfer window's gone? Well, we've got a few days left. It looks like we're making one signing, uh, which will be Bruno Fernandes from Portugal, something that you've been doing plenty of in the the last few windows. So we'll, we'll see how it goes. I think it's it's been a really frustrating window. It's the kind of thing where you thought United made three pretty good signings in the summer, but needed a couple more at least to make it a genuinely good summer and he thought you get to January the 1st and any good club any well-run club would have a couple of deals ready to go um, and Bruno Fernandes has taken another 26 days plus the five months since the summer transfer window to complete um, and we'll see if it actually gets done now and if it does it will be a good signing it looks like United aren't overpaying for him or overpaying his wages um, whether he has the impact that some people are expecting we'll see so it's it's, it's definitely a underwhelming transfer window in that sense in terms of the weekend's game is this a battle for fifth I suppose it could potentially be a battle for fourth yeah it it definitely could be I think Chelsea are they're obviously looking at at making a couple of signings at at the end of the transfer window as well now that they've had their ban lifted Um, they're they're struggling like, like all Premier League teams to actually 
get some stuff done because I, I think this window more than any other has been really hard to to sign anyone. Um, so it, it, it's basically a battle for for fourth or fifth, depending on on how Chelsea do and how much they slip up and how far they go in in various cups. So it's it's probably a battle for fifth, and I think you're probably winning that battle at the moment. But we've been we've been really bad this season and somehow are still fifth in the Premier League. So I say that with the with the reservation that it doesn't seem to matter how badly we play or how inconsistent we are. Is that somehow the rest of the, the teams below us will do worse. But it, the, the Premier League is so, um, so vulnerable to, to sudden change this season where you, you lose one game and suddenly you're dropping down into 10th or 11th. So it's definitely a battle for that spot at the moment. But things can change so quickly at the moment. You see Arsenal and Spurs have, have climbed the table quickly and then dropped back down straight away. Um, and a few other teams have done that. Newcastle, Bournemouth have, have dropped down very quickly. It, it's happening quite a lot. And still in the FA Cup, still in the League Cup for now, semi-final tonight, time of recording. <laughs> and is this going to impact on who starts for Manchester United on Saturday? I, I, I don't think it will purely because there's not many options. I think if United had a fully fit squad, then there'd be a bit of rotation between the two. We'd probably see a change of goalkeeper for, for one of the games. You'd probably see a couple of the fullbacks rotating, the midfield changing a bit. I'm not actually sure which which Solskjaer would prioritise. I think probably the, the, the City uh, semi-final, but 3-1 down. I, I, I don't think anyone at United is approaching this thinking, no, well, well, we're done already. But the Wolves game is a really important one on... Um, on Saturday, so I think if there was fully fit squads, but the the fact that United squad is so weak and hit by injuries means that, that there's not actually much choice in terms of who can play. Um, I think the only real difference you'll see is is at left back, where Brandon Williams and Luke Shaw will probably play one game each, and whether United go with a, a three man or a two man uh, central defensive uh, partnership. So yeah, I think you, you look at the Tranmere game and see how many kind of first team starters United were playing and you understand that Solskjaer hasn't got much choice with who he's going to play at the moment Marcus Rashford is out he's on 19 goals in all competition for the season Marshall's on yeah. 12 Greenwood on 10 and then it's a dire jump down to Daniel James <laughs> with three goals this season tied with Scott yeah. McTominay yeah it's uh, the the loss of Rashford was was enormous and I think shows just how much he's improved in terms of how how efficient he is as as a United player and he he really is the the role model and I'm glad when I was growing up it was it was Wayne Rooney who I looked up to pretending to be in the back garden not it wasn't really Cristiano Ronaldo it was always Wayne Rooney and I think Rashford is is now that same figure for for kids growing up supporting United and and potentially England as well at the moment, he's he's become not just quite a likable figure, but also a, a, a brilliant footballer and genuinely one of the best in the league. When he had a, a four-month, three-month spell where he was he was playing fantastically, so losing him was a massive blow. Martial's done okay, but I still think he's he's not really a, a natural central striker, and I think he's better in in Rashford's position on the left. And Mason Greenwood is is doing fantastically, but he's going to have to play more than United would have liked now because of because of that Rashford injury in a inability to uh, balance a squad properly in the January transfer window. So, yeah, United need goals from somewhere and perhaps Bruno Fernandes, who, who could make his debut against you on Saturday, um, will will offer that. And how do you think it's going to go? I'm uh, I'm not confident, put it that way. Good. Um, the, the, the City <laughs> game adds, I think, it's an opportunity to 
get some confidence up, even if United don't win. Any kind of win at the Etihad uh, would be would be some kind of boost. An early goal against City, and I assume people would have probably seen the the, the game or as a result by by the time they're listening to this. But if United can get a win there, which is ninety nine percent unlikely, then uh, then that will be a bit of a boost. But going into Saturday, a tired squad having played on Wednesday, a squad not in great form, who thrashed Tranmere, but really struggling to to find goals, struggling to. Um, stop conceding them from set pieces and the threat of, of your not only your midfield but your your front line of, of Traore and Jimenez is is one that United fans are always scared by saying that the last two games we played against you in the cup in fairness you played a weakened side in the first uh, well not first leg but in the in the original game and the replay what they were they were terrible games you played badly we played pretty badly but just slightly less so so mm-hmm. perhaps a, a bit more confident than I was a few weeks ago now, normally I'd ask you uh, who in that Wolves side would make the Manchester United eleven, but we haven't got that long left, Harry, so I'll ask you the way around. How many Manchester United players do you think would get into that Wolves side? Uh, well, I, I don't know, know your defence well enough, but I'd say that the obvious standouts would be, and I, I guess it also depends on the style of play because you probably wouldn't be using Aaron Bissaka. Um, but Marcus Rashford is, is the obvious one. I think Jimenez at the moment would probably get in over Anthony Martial. Um, Adama Traore would get in over Dan James in midfield. If United, if 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 we had a, a fully fit squad to choose from, then Paul Pogba is, is obviously going to get in there. Scott McTominay is a really good option, but perhaps not good enough to get into Wolves team and that's that's kind of the the truth of things at United at the moment. How is. times change, Harry. Let's yeah, do a score exactly. prediction. Uh, I'm I'm going to be positive and go. 2-1 United and there's no reason for that positivity it's just I, I can't put myself to predict it yeah exactly <laughs> well Harry best of bad luck of course for Saturday <laughs> and we will catch you next season nice one cheers the away perspective what have our opponents got to say now it depends how the rest of the transfer window goes into who is on the bench of this game because no one's ever gone straight into a side having just been signed by Nuno from my memory so um, this is an opportunity to get three points isn't it Harry we are rested we've had a a good rest in between games Uh, we like going to we like playing Manchester United lately obviously we owe them one for the FA Cup earlier this year yeah and Although I've just been really down the dumps, <laughs> everything I've just been saying, I think we can go and beat United because I think they're in. I mean, we're going one direction, they're going another, aren't they? I know they're above us on goal difference at the moment, but they've had a busy week, haven't they? Um, they, they beat. They won six 0 didn't they? In the FA Cup. The other oh, day. they gave. They gave those. They gave Tramia a good idea. Yeah, they've got City in the uh, semi-final of the Carabao Cup, whatever it's called these days. Tomorrow night, obviously it's Tuesday night as we record this. So, hopefully they're knackered, like you mentioned. We've had the break and. We're, we've been their bogey team. I know obviously we lost 1-0 on the FA Cup replay, but we can go there and win, can't we? So and it's a huge game. All of us are on 34 points and it's a bit of a, de- a defining game for our season really, isn't it? If we go there and win comfortably, you never know. We might have a run in towards that fourth place spot if we uh, can get our act together. But if we lose, well, we'll see where we go from there. But it's definitely winnable and I think Man United have got way more problems than we have, that's for sure. Jack, what are your thoughts on it? I mean, you, you're usually not too far away when it comes to predictions. I fancy us to get something. 
I think for the first time in a, a while now, we've had a nice break and going out of the FA Cup was a blessing in disguise because we didn't have to have a match. Um, we've had a break from last Thursday up until this Saturday now. And that's a luxury, particularly over Christmas and with Europa League prior to that. We haven't had in a while. And then soon we've got our winter break week coming up as well, which I think we should be back refreshed and organs blazing for this. And also looking for that bit of revenge after losing 1-0 in a very boring close cup tie there a few weeks ago. So I think the players will be up for it. I think the fans will be up for it. And if ever we're going to go and win a, a, a league game away at Old Trafford, not that we haven't before, but I think we've got a great chance. Um Bayliss, you echo that? I mean, the blessing in disguise thing with the FA Cup and Tramia was an absolute pudding of a pitch. I mean, I'm surprised no one actually came away with that with injured. Yeah, well, it's that's that's the glamour of the FA Cup, isn't it? I quite enjoy seeing the big teams have to go and play on an absolute pudding. I mean, they're on League One. I mean, you know, it's great. It was an absolute disgrace of a pitch. Great, brilliant. Didn't back in the old days? Didn't the uh, didn't the old boys when they played in the FA Cup? They tell the groundsman just to leave a hose running on the pitch to make it as bad as possible for them. Probably, and they also had steak, chips, and egg, and about nine pints before they played. So I think it's become a bit <laughs> a bit more professional in the last four years or so. Uh, let's do score predictions, Harry. Um, I'm going to go for a two 0 Wolves win. Oh, big call, Jack. Um, one one, but we'll we'll be disappointed at the end of that. <laughs> Bayless. We've got to concede one. I want to say 2-1 Wolves. We'll obviously concede first. I mean, that's just, that's what we do. <laughs> Should we just have a yeah. say on about, what about team selection? If people are back and fit. Oh yeah, like Jota and that. Well, Jota didn't have the best of times when he came on, did he? Against Liverpool. I mean, he should have slotted Traore. I think goes straight back in for me. Does he though? Yeah. Is he fit? Uh, we don't so, know, yeah. do we? Absolutely. Yeah. I, I, uh, uh, if he's fit enough, then 100% agree. Who for? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Neto was decent again, wasn't he? So it'd be harsh to put Jota a bit back in. I think give let bring Jotter on again for the last twenty. Um, so it'd be pretty similar, wouldn't it? Unless Podence and Oliveira come in and start. <laughs> Unlikely. But, you know. I, I think it'll be same team. I think it'll be same yeah. team as Liverpool. Yeah, I think it will. Because I don't think you want to rush Bolly back if he's if he's even if he's only ninety percent. I think just we've got the luxury now of only having one game, then a, a bit of a time again, haven't we? So maybe then look to bring him back straight away. And the, at least now you're looking at the bench and thinking you could bring Jotter on. Um, to to change it, so I think it will be. It probably is harsh on everybody uh, if anybody did get dropped from the Liverpool performance, and obviously Cody's undroppable, so that's it. <laughs> uh, let's get your latest betting odds and tickets. Hi, I'm Cali Chris Kamara. You're listening to the Seventy Seven Club, and it's unbelievable, Jeff. Hello, betting fans. We have got some odds over from our friends at FansBet.com. Um, they're a little bit different this week. It's a bit of a mix-up. You get a goal scorer and then you get a score line. So they're a little bit, little less higher odds, but a lot more chance of getting them. That's how this betting game works. Um, Jimenez to score at any time. Wolves to win 1-0, 2-1 or 3-1, 8-1. Not bad. Any time? Yeah. Any time That's as decent, well, yeah. actually, any time. I like that. I like that. I prefer this one a little bit more. Triare to score any time. Wolves to win 1-0, 2-0 or 2-1. 15-1. That's good. Two, I'm, have a, I'm having a fiver on that. I really fancy that for the weekend. I think Traore is going to tear him a new one. Just kick Wang Bissaka early, elbow him in the face or something, and then get get sent you know, off, lose five nil. Boss, boss the game. <laughs> this, it's their only threat really to me, Wang Bissaka. So there's plenty of value though. Wolves for some reason aren't aren't fancied too much by the bookies. When I was chatting to fans back, they said, "Oh, you fans know, bats. fans, bats. fans, bats. <laughs> fans bats. <laughs> the, the, the cricket uh, betting too." 
Didn't they uh, create the corona? Sorry, that's, corona their, that's, their, that's, their, that's, their, that's their cricket arm. Uh, fans bet. When I was speaking to them this week, they're saying, oh, we're, we're now doing these specials with a goal scorer and three choices when the team's not the favourite, when we don't fancy they're going to win. So the bookies don't think we're going to go there and do anything. Well, I do, and I think the rest of us all do. So there's definitely value on the market. Go over to fansbet.com, have a look. There is going to be some winners out there this week. Excellent. Jack, your ticket news? Yeah, I do. Very little to say, again, which seems to be a theme lately. So Man United away is obviously sold out. The Leicester home game sold out. Looking a little bit further ahead, the home game against Norwich, which is a Sunday. Um, that is on sale to members with at least 180 points. Season ticket holders have until the 2nd of February to claim their Espanyol ticket for the home game. And I think most people now are just waiting on the ticket information for the Espanyol away leg, which going by normal game timeframes, we usually get the ticket information around a month mm. before, which is about now really. So should be this week. Perfect. That's your latest betting odds and ticket news. We will move on now to transfers. Hi, I'm Kelly, Chris Kamara. You're listening to the 77 Club and it's unbelievable, Jeff. So obviously at time of recording, it's a little bit up in the air. We think Pedence will go through as well as Oliveira. It's just the stage of the transfer window now where you can just ask for more money isn't it? Mm-hmm. Really, and, and I think that's probably what the delay is. Uh, apparently it was a breakdown in personal terms with Podence, so just give him what he wants. Ooh. I just mentioned off-air, didn't I, at the Telegraph have just reported at 20 to 8 on Tuesday night. Oh, I feel like Jim White. This is like live reporting. 20 million. His medical's due tomorrow, so that'll be Wednesday, apparently. And, uh, yeah, I mean... You can see the bloke outside Compton Harry breaking the news, <laughs> and then Jack can get a dildo and come and slap you in the air. I'll be like that. Uh, <laughs> remember like that Reading night, fan? Yeah. Remember that Reading fan we used to get on who used to hide in the bush? Oh, yeah, bush, bush guy. Bush. Yeah, I'll be like good that. Old, good old bush guy. Um, just aside from players coming in, because what players? You know, it, it's anyone's guess what that is. But I think now it's quite important to maybe talk about Max Kilman, John Ruddy, Phila Fusu Aya, Jordan Graham, <laughs> Bright Enabakari, and Sylvan Deslandes. This they is are contracts. All out of contract at the end of the season really? so it looks like they're all going to go on a free and I'm, I imagine they'll offer Max Kilman in the deal because he's worth it in my opinion and I think that's it isn't it no, that, you've um, got to let, let all the others go the third one you said I can't pronounce his name apparently he's quite hot property him Arsenal apparently won him who? Otto Sowie is it no, Otto no, Phil, no that's Ofosu he's the one who we signed in who never played in the, when we came up but he's still oh, here so you completely ignore what I said then yeah we'll sign Kilman and that was it <laughs> well, to be honest, I think the most he ran was to run onto the pitch to get his championship winning medal. I think that was oh, literally the only running he did at Monaco. Full John Terry, yeah. Um, you don't want to keep Ruddy on, though, lads? I think Ruddy, yeah. I think you, you've got to give him an extension one year. There's no harm in it, is there, really? He's a he's a true professional. Well, does, in he, terms does he need work done on his house, does he? Or? It's a, well, it's unless he wants to go, though. You don't know at this stage of the career. He might want to go and have another pop at winning something. But if he makes Max Kilman, surely... I'm guessing with Max Kilman, though... Now he's gone and proved himself a bit in the first team. He'll be going from a, a, like a baby boy contract to the, a big time contract, won't he? So um, he'll probably be getting oh, a bit yeah. of a pay rise. Oh God, yeah, I would have thought so. He's on 25 um, quid a week at the moment, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, plus his petrol. <laughs> um, yeah, so is there anyone else that is is hanging on? Are there any passengers in that side, Harry, that you think maybe you'd take offers for if they did come in late quickly skim through them again those really late. fast skim through them 
who, who when it's who were the ones on the list, Sam? The bottom end of the list that were oh, yeah, bottom end of the list. Yeah. Um, Bakari. Oh, goodbye. Oh, no, he's gonna be gone, and he? he'll be gone. Yeah. There's Landes. Yeah, goodbye. Be gone. Came through the academy. Yeah, he played once, didn't he? From memory, uh, and that's it. That yeah, no. Nah. Is there anyone else in the squad though that maybe you're looking at? Oh, I'm not sure. I think maybe if if for if something happens where you have a lot of offers coming in and lots of deals get tied over and you get those really really late ones that come through and they say, oh, we're going to bang in 10 million for Morgan Gibbs White. What would you do? I'd Punch, cry. Uh, uh, well, I don't. I don't think he'll go. But one 10 person, million's not enough for him. But I'll throw a name really out there for you, which we don't really know what's going on. Bennett. Is he staying? Yeah. Then it's a weird one, yeah. Yeah, no, um, it's, it's so weird at the moment. The thing is, we haven't got any players. We we can't talk about who we're going to ship out until we know we've got quality coming in. At the moment, we've got just about enough players. So, um, but I, I don't know what's going on with Bennett, but it was worrying if he wasn't injured. That game where we had a bench full of kids that he didn't even make the squad, if he didn't make it yeah. just on, not on fitness-related issues. Yeah, to be Here honest, if you'd have said to me, New Year's Eve that Catrone would be leaving in the January window I wouldn't have believed you so it's been a bit of a weird window hasn't it but apart from Catrone at least we've kept hold of everybody I know it sounds stupid I know we're never going to be selling anyone because how small our squad is but you never know do you someone could have come in for crazy they'll wait until the summer anyway yeah <laughs> you sell that though and it, if we do come in the summer and actually do buy play people and transfers look good if a club comes in like your cities or whoever the big boys abroad if Neves if there's an offer for 45, 50 million, you've, you've got to look at it pretty seriously. I think so. It's a huge return on investment. Depends what you're going to do with the money though and how wisely you can spend it. Yeah, of it. course. Of course, you've got to spend well and that's how football works. But if, if a big, big offer comes in for those lads, Neves, Neves possibly, I wouldn't want to sell Jimenez and I wouldn't want to sell Traore and obviously Moutinho won't go anywhere. I mean, He'll Jimenez see his career out. Traore is the one now, isn't he? Traore is the old. one. Other than that, if a big offer comes in, you've got to think about it. I think we can all agree this January window has been slightly underwhelming, hasn't it? It's been disappointing. I think the whole fan base would agree with that, really. You mean the fact we've had, had no players and signed no players? <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> when you put it like that. <laughs> um, Patrick Trene came out today and um, sort of said uh, he was enjoying Wolverhampton, essentially. The fans were warming to him, but Nuno has his favourites. Was uh, it, may, it may have been a little bit lost in translation. Loyalists, you never know. Um, but yeah, interesting. I oh, just want to get your thoughts also on Jurgen Klopp and the fact that he won't be sending any first team players or himself to the FA Cup replay against Shrewsbury at Anfield. I mean, I Not think bad. he should at least he should at least be on the sideline. I, I mean, you could play all the kids, yeah. Well, that's that's your right, whatever. Then the FA Cup's probably not a priority. But to not even be on the bench, I mean, how good would you be if you're one of the youngsters trying to impress him, knowing that oh, exactly. you're you're in the technically you are in the first team. Um, Sorry, did and Klopp said he's he's not going himself. No, right? he's not going to be on the sideline. It's crazy. I, I don't know what game he's what playing. Great, I think it's disgraceful as well. I don't I don't, really don't understand it. If you're that bothered, then beat him in the first leg and you have to worry about it or lose in the first leg, whatever. But I don't know. I don't understand it. I really don't get it. It's not as if he hasn't got a big enough squad to rotate and still compete in in three competitions. If if Liverpool are that good, they should be able to compete in three competitions simultaneously. Also, they are like 16 points clear in the league. It's not like they're three ahead of City and and they're going to need every single bit of energy in the run into this. It's just disrespectful. did he give like a solid reason why he won't be there? He wants to respect the winter break. Oh, Jesus. Bollocks. 
Although the FA did say that um, if it comes to it, you will have to play a replay if you get this far in a competition in the winter break. Yeah. I mean, I like Klopp, I really do, but I think he's had a nightmare on this one. He shouldn't be. He's had a mare. He should be there. Do you think he will be there? Maybe he might stay stubborn as go and sit in the stands, but he should be on the sideline. I just think it's really disrespectful. It's such an old competition. And it's not about Liverpool. Why is it always about Liverpool? This is about should be about Shrewsbury. Mm. It should should be more about Shrewsbury. They've earned their replay and they should get it and they get it by default. I just hope they go and smash them and knock them out. Dave Edwards is going to get a last minute winner. Don't worry. Big Edda, that's it. (laughs) Well, he's done it for three years ago today, actually, was uh, the game at Anfield where Wolves won in the FA Cup so can be done you know it'd be funny now wouldn't you like is it just all set up now for Shrewsbury to not Liverpool out of the FA Cup they collapse in the league and the Champions League and, 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 well, that, and everyone can say well it's not not taking that replay seriously yeah exactly it's, it's knocked all the momentum and that's karma yeah they all get injured on like on their holiday uh, um, we'd love it but you just, oh, just you can't you can't possibly cock up a 16 point league now 20 games in. It's impossible. There's only one team that's cocked it up since leading at Christmas in the Premier League twice. Newcastle. Liverpool. No, Liverpool. <laughs> Liverpool. Um, they were 11 points ahead last year at one point. <laughs> what, were, what were Newcastle ahead that year that uh, Keegan did that I'd love it? Eight points, was it? That wasn't as many. Told you know, I'd love it if we beat them. Why? Why, though? I'm thinking back to still being bitter about McCarthy era football, but... Why did we get fined for not taking the league seriously? And why is the same rule not done in the FA Cup? Good if you point. change a if you change a if you want to keep it keep it as the the pinnacle domestic club competition, I've got the answer. Then I know the answer. Yeah, money, the FA only money, care money, about four money. teams. Yeah. It's Premier League. Isn't it? The Premier League, you know, it's the biggest league. It's the most watched league. It's the most financially rewarding league in the world. And and the Premier League do hold all the cards. And I think it's these sort of conversations that we're having now, which if they're not dealt with and nipped in the bud, is that this is the end of the FA Cup in terms of how the bigger teams approach it you know it what? could be just become like the league cup you know you put in your under 23s there or the bloody checker trade trophy yeah. <laughs> what it should be is if you can choose as a top premier league team say the, the top 10 you can choose you're not allowed to play any first team players but you can play in both the league and fa cup but if you go out before the quarter final you're banned for next year and then if you have a shitter <laughs> in the league that year you're not in europe and that's it you're done with Bad luck. Well, that, that, you in on the panel, I that logistically <laughs> works, but it does. It sounds. It definitely would shake well, things up. No, the only, only way sure. to actually solve it is to put a Champions League spot for winning the cup in it. That's yeah, it. Yeah. That's, that's it. the one. That's the one. That is the answer. The, the Premier League are never going to give up a a Champions League spot, though. Although it would make the league. More it would always be a Champions League spot anyway. Because well, no, we only get four, don't we? You only get certain. Amount. No, yeah, no. What I'm saying is, one of the top teams and then try and win the FA Cup anyway. And then it still go to fourth place. Yeah, uh, like we got our Europa. Just, well, no, but it would solve it would solve the problem of the top teams not taking the competition. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Two yeah. birds with one stone. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Excellent. Um, okay, I, I just want to finish with uh, something called just a minute. Now, younger fans won't know what that is. Now, Nicholas Parsons died today, and he did a show on Radio Four called Just a Minute. Now, Harry's been dreading this, but I've got full faith in him. Because I know if anybody can talk for one minute, it's him. Now, I'm going to select these topics at random that you're going to be talking about. And all you've got to do, I've got my timer. You've just got to talk for one minute. You can't repeat words. You can't deviate or go off topic. And you can't stutter or elongate a pause. Okay? Harry. Yeah. Yours is 
YouTube. <laughs> Start talking now. YouTube's probably the best thing to ever happen to modern media. It is absolutely brilliant. <laughs> you can go down wormholes. You can go down every hole you want to. Oh, I've done it already. Nine seconds. I deviated, whatever you called it. You did deviate, yes. Well, you repeated, technically. Jack. Uh, yeah. Indian meals. Start talking now. Starters. Number one, Nagas Kebab. Number two, chip and kokora. Number oh, three, I think that's Tony a stutter on 6.5 <laughs> seconds there. <laughs> Bailiff, nine seconds to beat. Here we go. Topics picked at random. Bratislava and brothels. Start talking now. <laughs> that's a long pause. That is 4.2 seconds. Harry, by default, wins <laughs> just a minute. Do, well done, do everybody. That. Absolutely fantastic. Right, okay. We yeah, plenty to say when we was over there, didn't he, Jack? <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking, by the way. You cannot put that in a podcast. Uh. To be fair, Dan, you said absolutely nothing incriminating. So, And goodbye from Dan Bayliss. I didn't say uh, bye. Goodbye, goodbye, Wolves fans. Yeah. Well, look, at he's gone uh. bright red. I don't know why. And it's goodbye from me. Goodbye. The 77 Club. The Wolves podcast for the Gold and Black Army. Sports Social Podcast Network.